or not, what do you want to do? You want to make a difference? Amen. Come on. I said you want to make a difference? Some of you act like, no, not really. Not, not today. <laughs> well, we're going to take you, take you by the nap of the neck, and we're going to teach you how to be a difference maker. All right? Hey, if you're here today, you don't own a Bible, hold your hand up. We'd love to give you one, our gift to you. Want you to get in the Word, want you to study the Word, want you to grow in the Word, want you to know the Word. How many know that without that Word, you're going to have a hard time living the victorious life that God's called and created you to walk in? Amen? You need the Word. Look at somebody say, you need the Word. Amen? You got your Bible with you today? Grab it. Let's stand up together one more time. Hold that Bible up, Mayor, make a confession. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Say, I've got an open mind and a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I'll never be the same. Say, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give him one more praise this morning. He's worthy. Amen. Amen. Even though we're all granted the same amount of time each day, we don't all get the same results. A lot of people don't have any effectiveness in, in certain areas of their life, and, and, they, get, and they struggle. It's kind of confusing because sometimes we look around and we're, we're kind of wondering when God's going to show up. You know, God, God when are you going to show up? When are you going to help me with this stuff? When, when are you going to make a difference over here? And, and you got to realize that God has shown up, but a lot of times we haven't. Hello. We're all waiting for God to do something. You know, God's in control. He's going to make something happen. You know what? You're in control. God gave you authority and gave you dominion. Starting in Genesis chapter 1, by the time you get to verse 26, you're going to find out you have authority. God has positioned you to be a difference maker. You realize there's three kinds of people in life, right? There's the people who make things happen, the people who watch things happen, and the people who have no idea what is happening, right? <laughs> You don't want to be in that third category. You want to try to stay out of that second one, and you want to try to learn to live in category one where we are making things happen. Come on, somebody. You, you've been empowered by God. You have the right, you have the authority to make some things happen. How many of you know that, that, that you came out of God, right? God, God said, let the, you know, man, and man, man is spirit. You know, human is two words, humus and man. Humus is dirt. Man is spirit. This body that you got, that you're living in, that's the dirt part. But your spirit, that came right out of God. And you have the, 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 the same characteristics that are in God. God's deposited that in you. You have the, you have the God-given right to, uh, to, to see a creative force come up out of you and, and, and to speak and to see things change. How I many you know the Word of God tells us that we're, we're not supposed to be using our words to describe things. We're supposed to be using our words to change things. Scared me there for a minute. I didn't know. I didn't know that. You know, here's the deal: is that your your word has power. I said your word has power. Amen. You're just man. You're a chip off the old block. You have authority. I, I know. You know what? It would be easy to go through life and blame all the bad stuff on the devil and take credit for all the good stuff. But the fact is, is that you are right out of God. You, you have the ability and the empowerment to, to handle the challenges that you're facing and to walk in victory. You have the right to plan for an incredible future. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, God said, I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God's plan is about your future. Hello, somebody. I said, God's plan is about your future. So we got we to gotta make sure that we are being future-oriented as well. Many of us are so focused, so dictated by what's happened in the past. You're so you're torn up from the inside out about stuff that you've done, mistakes that you've made, and wrong turns that you've taken. And the fact of the matter is, is that God's really not hung up on the past. He's all about the future. The Bible says if we confess, he is faithful and just to forgive. Amen? So the past is gone, and God's just, I mean, we're, we're going to carry some things with us from the past, but we, we don't have to repeat. We don't have to relive the past. We're supposed to be moving into a future. Amen? In the authority that God has given us, we should rise up and move into the future. Now, we're coming to the end of a year, the birthing of a new year, and, and you've got to realize that God wants you in better condition next year than you are right now. Right? So this is the saddest you're ever going to be right here, okay? This is the brokest you're ever going to be right here. This is the most depressed you're ever going to be right here because we're moving forward and we're going to go into the future that God has for us, all right? I said we're going into the future that God has for us. We're not going to be manipulated by, 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 by what happened back there. There's a reason on your car the windshield's big and the rearview mirror is little, okay? That's so you can glance back every now and then. Some of us in the spirit realm, we, we've got a big old honking rearview mirror that's bolted to the bumper of the car, and when, everything we look at is something that's behind us. Time to turn around and start living forward living. Amen? Yeah. All right. Look at somebody and say, uh, God loves you. You know, I, I, I talk to God about you guys quite a bit. Now, I think I got you off the hook, but uh, he, 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 he likes you. I said he likes you. Some of us, we, we go through life acting like God's trying to take us out. Look, if God won't take you out, you'd be a greasy spot in the carpet. You, you wouldn't have a chance. But the fact of the matter is, is God's on your side. Amen. I said God's on your side. He's for you. He's not against you. So just, you know, breathe easy, relax, and realize the good things that are ahead of me, the great things that are ahead of me are of much more value than the junk I'm standing in. Right? But don't, don't get, don't, you know, I, I talked about the past. Don't even get consumed with where you're at. Where you're going is of much greater value to you than where you're standing. Your final outcome is going to be better than your current condition. Let's keep going. Amen. Open your Bible, if you would, and go to Ephesians chapter 5. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking to you about time. And we're going to be people who make things happen. How are we going to do that? Well, Ephesians 5, 1, the Amplified it says, therefore, be an imitator of God, copy him, follow his example. It, understand that God couldn't ask you to imitate him if he hadn't equipped you to do that successfully. Hello, somebody. God said, here's God's word talking to you. Okay, just do what I do. Be an imitator of God. Do what I do. Just don't, don't plan on doing what you think you should do. Do what I do. If you haven't seen me do it, back off. If you've seen me do it, you read that book that I did it, then you start doing that. Okay? Be an imitator of God, even as dear children imitate their father. Be an imitator of God. God's looking for the opportunity to watch you do his stuff. Come on now. How am I going to live a victorious life? I guarantee you, you've never seen, you've never read about, and you've never heard a true story where God was going through a day depressed. I, you're not going to find any situation that had God worried. 
So in your situation, if you're going to be an imitator of God, then you can't be depressed and you can't be worrying. Why? Because that's not what God would be doing. Hello? So you're going to be an imitator of God. You, you, there's some stuff in your life you're probably going to have to change. Come on. There's probably some things we're going to have to address because I probably couldn't find God doing that. Probably can't find a foundation in the Word of God to, to justify some of, the, some of the lifestyle that I'm currently, you know, exhibiting. Maybe I need to make some changes. You know, I'm going into a new year. I, I, maybe, I, maybe I should imitate God the way he'd head into a new year. Hello? How, how would God go into a new year? Oh, that's a great question. How, how would God handle the closing of one season and the birthing of a new one? Let, let's look at this thing because you know what? The, 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 the way I enter this new year is going to have a big impact on, on what happens in this new year. So why don't I open my eyes and say, hey, maybe I should handle this the way God would handle this. Look at verse 2. It, you know, just to prove to you that this isn't always going to be, it sounds pretty cool. It's not going to be all that simple, but you can do it. God wouldn't ask you to do it if he hadn't equipped you to succeed at it, right? So he's asking you to do it. Look what he said in verse 2. Walk in love. Esteeming and delighting in one another. Esteeming and delighting in one another. One another. It's getting hard already. We're just into verse 2, and I'm struggling. Walk in love. You know, to walk in love means to, to do what I can that's going to be best for others at my own expense. To do what's best for others at my own expense. See, love for us, we, sometimes we, we, it's so easy for us to to pervert things, to twist it a little bit. We, we, we walk in lust. You know, the difference between lust and love. Love is what's best for others at my expense. Lust is what's best for me at the expense of others. Many of us go through life and we're always basing our decisions and our choices on what's going to be best for me, regardless of what it's going to cost anybody else. And God's saying, you know what? If you're going to be like me, you're going to be a lover. You're going to walk in love. I'm going to show you a more excellent way. 1 Corinthians 12, I think it is the last verse. I, I, yeah, I show you a more excellent way. There's, there's a better way to live. There's a love walk that you can have where, where you are doing what's best for others at your own expense. And God's telling you that if you'll do that, he'll step in and he'll help cover the cost. You know what? Walking in love is expensive. It's going to cost you something going to cost you, you know, you, right off the top, you know, you're going to think about all the stuff that you don't want to give up. But God's saying, look, I, I want you to walk in love towards your family. I want you to do what's best for your family, even, even though it's going to cost you. E even though you're probably going to have to lay down the remote control and get up out of the lazy boy and go hang out with the kids. Even, even though you're not going to get to do what you want, but you're going to have to go do what they want. M maybe it's time for us to start walking in love in our home. Home is not the place you go when you're tired of being nice to people. Come on, somebody. You know, how am I, I going to walk in love in the workplace if I don't practice at home? Trust me, people at home, they still love you. Okay? You might not feel it, but they still love you. Okay? You're going to walk in into an environment where people don't love you. You better be practiced up. You better be ready. You better be conditioned. You better be in shape for this. Because your greatest satanic opposition always comes after your freshest revelation of God's word. God says, walk in love. You get all excited. I'm going to love my neighbor. And then somebody moves in. Right? It's easy to love my neighbor when the house next door is vacant. 
it's more difficult when they show up. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to love my family. And, th and then they show up for the holidays and refuse to leave. <laughs> How am I going to do this? You're going to have to get in shape. You, you're going to you're gonna have to work into this thing, man. I, okay, I'm going to go into a new year, and I'm going to imitate God. I'm going to handle the birthing of a new year the way God would. I'm going to give you some stuff on that in a minute. But, but, but my first step is walking in love. I'm going to love people. It's not going to be easy. But you can do it. Look at your neighbor and say, you can do it. Walk in love. Esteem. Delight in one another. Do you know the changes that would happen in your house? If you started delighting in your family members, oh, come on. Don't, don't just shout me down now. You know what happened, men, if you went home and delighted in your wife? Ladies, do you know what happened if you delighted in your husband? You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you want me to delight in that jerk? How do I delight my children? They're rebellious. How about you trust God that when you do what he said, he produces what he promised? How about that you say, you know what? I'm going to start this year as a believer. I don't care about the T-shirt. I don't care about the bumper sticker. I'm actually going to live like a believer. I'm going to start out the year believing God that if I walk in love, suddenly people will become lovely. Hello? Hello? You know, the hardest people on the face of the planet to love are unlovable people. And it's so easy to throw it back on them and say, well, you know what? If they just change a little bit, it'd be a lot easier than I'd do it. They don't even want to be loved. No, they're going to challenge your love because they don't buy into it. Why? Because you ain't never been like that before. When they look at you and say, what are you on? Say, I got the God juice. Man, I'm imitating God. You know what happens is that if you imitate long enough, pretty soon it becomes part of your habitual nature. Imitate, imitate God, even as dear children, well-beloved children, imitate their father. Remember my, my father, he had uh, gone through chemotherapy and radiation, and they'd burn him up pretty bad. And, and he had scar tissue. His, half of his heart was scar tissue, but even on the outside of his body, he had scar tissue and and, and it, it bothered him, and, and you just you, without thinking, he, he'd do that. Remember? Did I just knock my mic off? That's cool. <laughs> do it again. I might need help. I said mic. Let's see. See if I can figure this out. If I, you, will you help me? All right. So, uh, that better? Am I good? So, uh, I'll do it with this way. Okay. He, he did it with his right. It was so weird. Evan was about three, four years old. And he'd walk around, and he'd be going. And at first, I'm thinking, what's wrong with Evan? And then, then I saw them together one day. My dad would do that, and Evan, he'd do that. <laughs> Evan didn't realize he didn't have any scar tissue, right? But he, he just hung out with him, and pretty soon it became a habit. Just, just part of life, you know. I think he's broken it now. I'm not sure. But... <laughs> the, the deal is, is that if you imitate pretty soon, it's just second nature. You know, if, if, you just, if you just imitate God just for a little while, pretty soon, you'll be thinking like God. You'll be talking like God. You'll be planning like God. You'll be an imitator of God. People will look at you and they'll look at God. They'll see God in you. 
Come on, somebody. Isn't that the ultimate goal? And what we want is for when people look at us, that they actually see God. And obviously, it's going to be shocking for a while. What what, what, do you do with my wife and when's she coming back? She ain't ever coming back. It's the new and improved me. Hello. Imitate God. Walk in love. Amen. I said imitate God. Walk in love. Most of us have spent way too much time with honorary people. We imitate them instead of God. How, how can we tell if you've been spending any time with God? Well, we can tell by the way you're walking. <laughs> Pretty soon, you just pick up, you pick up little, you know, just, just little tidbits, little, little things, little things. That, that it's easy to, to tell, oh, they've been with God. Problems that used to knock you flat out, all of a sudden you're standing up, you're looking around, you got a smile on. How come you're smiling now? Oh, you've been hanging with God. See, he's imitating God. When God looks at his situation, he just smiles. All hell's breaking loose. God just sitting there smiling. Just waiting. You done? Because when death is done, life's going to stand back up again. So are you, you, you let me know when you're, when you're tired, death. Sickness is all on your body, and you got a smile on your face. Why? Because I'm going to demonstrate healing in just a minute. You know, isn't it interesting that, that God is not intimidated by the stuff that scares us to death. It doesn't bother him at all. He gets, he, gets ready to, he gets ready to call out David, and he sends in a Goliath. You know, he has, he has, he has a little boy kill a giant. He doesn't have him beat up a midget. He has him kill a giant. He doesn't send the three Hebrew children into a fiery furnace that has suddenly had air conditioning installed. No, they heat it up seven times hotter. You know, when God shows up and starts involving himself in your situation, a lot of times it doesn't look like it's getting better. Sometimes it looks like I've made a bad mistake here by asking God to get involved. You, you know, God gets involved in your situation and suddenly everybody wants to kill you. Why? So he can demonstrate his power. Listen to me. God's going to lead you into battles you couldn't possibly win. He's going to lead you into problems you couldn't possibly solve. He's going to lead you into situations you couldn't possibly afford. Why? So he can show himself strong on your life. I love what Nehemiah said. Nehemiah said, the hand of the Lord God is upon me for good. God's hand is on your life, and there's a purpose for it. And it's going to be awesome. Uh, David said in Psalms 139, verse 5, he said, I look behind me and you are there. I look ahead of me and you are there. But right where I'm at, your hand's on me, right where I am. I, I love sometimes looking in the past and realizing the, the bad choices, the wrong decisions, the bad turns, but yet the, the, the power of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, nudging us back on track so we have a collision with destiny anyways. You are not big enough to mess up God's plan. Well, come on, somebody. Isn't it funny the enemy tries to beat you up with what you've done in the past and God's still standing there smiling saying, sorry, can't touch this. Hello? Be an imitator of God. Walk in love. Get excited about what's coming. If God's not going to hold your past against you, maybe you shouldn't hold their past against them. Oh, well, they've let me down in the past. Oh, like you've never let God down. Well, I, I'm not going to be foolish. Really? 
what do you call it? Carnal? I think love would forgive. Your response is heartwarming. <laughs> I better keep moving. We're going to walk in love. We're going to imitate God. Notice the first thing about imitating God has to do with your walk. To go backwards is to fall. To go forward is to walk. You know what walking is. Falling under control. When you were a baby, you first started walking. Remember? You do? I can't remember when I did that. But, uh, you've, seen, you've seen babies, and they, they get up next to the chair, and they're hanging on. And, and, you know, they say that a baby falls like 500 times before taking his first step. That's, that's some pretty good, you know, persistence to get up there and be willing to fall and get back up again. That was you. That was you. You, you have it in you. You have it in you to move ahead, even when life's trying to suck you to the ground. You have it within you to get up and, and just build the strength in you. You've got it in you. You got it. And, but remember, you know, think about the little baby, and, and they're standing there, and they're all wobbly. And they, start to, and they start to go, and this time it's, and they put that foot out. Now we're walking, falling under control. When you're going backwards, remember, any man that looks back isn't fit. He's not in shape. He's not conditioned for the kingdom. But don't fall back. Fall forward. Just fall forward. Take a walk. Let's take a walk. Look at your neighbor and say, let's take a walk. Go, go to verse 15 with me. Be careful. Look carefully how you walk. Hey, man, it's all about your walk. Look careful how you walk. Why? Because if you're not careful, you're going to walk wrong. If you're not careful, you won't be walking in love. You'll be walking in lust. You'll think it's right, but it ain't right. It might even be good, but it ain't right. There's a lot of things in life that are good that don't make them right. You know, how many understand that if you can connect to the purpose of God, the plan of God, the will of God, suddenly you can be infused with strength to do some stuff that you would have never even thought to do before. Because you had no idea. He's saying, here, be careful how you walk. If God's asking you to be careful, he's guaranteeing you that he will be helpful. If he's saying, hey, it's going to take some care here, you're going to have to pay attention here. Because if you don't walk, see, you're going to get knocked off the trail. You're not going to mean to. You're just going to walk wrong if you're not careful because, well, trust me, I know the road. I carved it out. God's developed the path that you're going to go down, and because he's developed it, now we're talking about that God again who didn't make it easy. Oh, why couldn't God just make life easy? They call that heaven. I, I don't want to have battles. I don't want to have warfare. I, I, I just want the blessing. I, I, just want, I just want, you know, the presence of God. That's heaven. Right now, we got enemies to defeat. We, 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 have, we have giants to slay. We, we have armies to put under our feet. It's time to rise up and, and, and be a warrior for the kingdom. Amen? So be careful how you walk. Don't, don't try to find the easy way. Try to find the right way. The right way is not going to be easy. The right way is probably going to be tough. It's probably going to require God's assistance and his participation in order for you to make it. Look carefully how you, how you walk. Live with purpose. Everybody say purpose. purpose. You know, what, what does that mean? Have a plan. 
have a plan. You're imitating God. I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. God has plans. So should you. And I'm not talking about, i got a plan to get out of here. Have a plan for your life. Man, if you don't have a plan, if you're aiming at nothing, guess what? You're hitting your mark. You do not have the right to complain about that which you're willing to permit. So if chaos is your life, quit whining or plan your way out of it. If relationships are broken, do not complain unless you plan to repair them. If finances are bad, don't you be asking for handouts unless you're willing for a hand up. Plan your way out. Live with purpose. Purpose demands a plan. God has a purpose for you. You are an imitator of God, so you should have a purpose that includes God. God's purpose includes you. Your purpose should include God. You need a plan. Look at your neighbor and say, make sure you got a plan. Live purposefully, live worthily, and accurately. Live accurately. Live accurately. How do you know if you're living accurately if there's nothing to gauge it by? How do you know if you're on track if you don't know what the track is? How do you know if you're going to reach destiny if you don't know what the destination is? How do, you, how, how do you succeed if no one's ever defined success? What is success? What is success in your finances? What is success in your health? What is success in your business? What is success? Define it. Some of us are so afraid to define it, but I think we're, I don't know if we're afraid of failure or, or, or commitment. The fact is, is that if you're going to go into the new year and you're going to be an imitator of God, you better get a plan for the new year. And you better live accurately and with purpose and with, 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 with vision and with focus. He says, don't, don't live as the unwise and witless, but live as wise, sensible, intelligent people. Listen, like, can I break it down for you? Don't be stupid. <laughs> don't, be, don't be stupid. Don't go into another year just wondering what's going to happen. Don't be the guy that at the end of the year that goes, oh, what just happened? I love those people that always talk about how fast time's moving. You know, you know, really what we're saying is, oh, my God, I was not ready for that. <laughs> totally unprepared. <laughs> you know the word prepared. The word prepared, it means able to promptly produce at a moment's notice. Prepared. You realize that the part of your armor is the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel, the gospel is going to prepare you. It's going to make you able to promptly produce at a moment's notice. The gospel, the word of God. The Word of God is going to prepare you. It's going to position you to be ready for anything and equal to everything that comes your way through Christ who is infusing you with an inner strength. The Word of God is going to give you the shoes you need to climb the mountains that you face. It's going to prepare you for where you're headed. Realize God is all about preparation. God is getting you prepared right now for what's coming. You know, a lot of times we sit in a service like this, we'll listen to a word, and it's like it doesn't really do anything for us today. Well, because it's not for today, it's for when we get to where we're going. I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Do you love God? I said, do you love God? Then he has prepared some things for you. So you must get prepared for the things which God has prepared for you. How am I going to do that? You're going to get in the word. Don't be stupid and forget to check out the book. The Bible says there'll be a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it when you turn to the right or the left. 
Many of us take journeys without any instruction. And then we ask God to fix it when we're done. You know, had you involved God at the beginning, you wouldn't need a repair job at the end. Don't be stupid. Don't go into the next year unprepared. Get a plan. Get some vision. Have some purpose. And live like wise, sensible, intelligent people. Well, what's the first step? Look at verse 16. Make the very most of time. Make the most of time. Everybody say time. The word here, time, it, 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 it's not all 24 hours in the day. It's the sec it is a section of time. It is the right time, the appointed time. It is an opportunity. Make the most of your opportunity. What is an opportunity? An opportunity is a segment or a moment which is impregnated with purpose. Make the most of the opportunities. By the way, you're not going to have many opportunities if you haven't prepared for them. Hello? If you haven't planned for, okay, you're an imitator of God, right? Who has prepared in advance for what's coming. So when you prepare yourself through it in the word of God, you are positioning yourself for moments which are impregnated with purpose so that you can accomplish that which you've been created to do. Many of us, we're the right people, okay? You, you, you're the right guy. You are the right guy. I know you might have doubts in your mind. You might have questions. I, I, wonder, I wonder if I'm really the one, the dream that God's put in your heart, the vision that he's put inside of you, the, the hopes and the aspirations. You, you know, you, I wonder if that's right for me. You know, maybe, maybe you start there and you settle that once and for all. I'm the right guy. I'm the right woman. I'm the, I'm the right person. I, I'm on track with God. Hey, if you're not on track with God, maybe it's time to get born again. If you're, if you're unsure that I'm living the will of God, here's the, here's the will of God. We, we've already studied this in weeks past. You know, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, uh, rejoice evermore. Have more joy tomorrow than you had today. Okay, step two, pray without ceasing. We, we learned that what that meant is develop a communication with God that what, I can finally go into God's presence with God's word, get into agreement with God on that word, and stay there until we see it manifest in our current situation. And step three is thank God in every situation. Thank him. How can I do that? Well, because I've been talking to him and I know what the end is now, even though I'm in the middle, I know what the end is so I can stand here in the middle and thank him because I know the end's coming. My final outcome's better than my current condition. Here's, that's the will of God. The, the, the message Bible says this is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. This, that's the will of God. This is the way God wants you to live. From joy to joy, increased communication and, and participation, you and God working together. You thanking God because you know the end of the story right at the beginning. The Bible says that God declares the end at the beginning. You're an imitator of God. Start doing that. Start doing that. Be prepared right now to, 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 to prophesy about your coming year. What have you prepared for? You know, most of us, what we're prepared for? We're prepared for heartbreak. We're prepared for failure. We're prepared for another breakdown. We're prepared, we prepare ourselves for all kinds of negative things. And that's not imitating God. That's being dictated and directed by a world system, by, by, by negativity and, 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 and carnal mentalities. To be carnally minded is death. That's going to separate you from the promise of God. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. So you might as well begin to prepare yourself for the victory that God has anointed you to walk in. 
You need to begin to prepare yourself that when the battle shows up, you get a smile on your face. Why? Because I know i got a moment of incredible opportunity coming, that God's going to swing a door open. My eyes are going to be open because I'm being careful how I walk. I'm looking where I'm stepping. I'm going to step right into that moment. I'm prepared for it, and I'm going to change the environment instead of allowing the environment to change me. Make the most of your time. Take advantage of your opportunities. Every day, I believe in every single day that there is an opportunity that's, that's impregnated with purpose that God brings you into. And if, you, if, you're, if you're going through the day and you're not locating those, you're not living too carefully. You're, you're missing it. There's people, hey, God is big enough, see? See, God is big enough to direct your steps and, and, and the steps of somebody else. Have you crossed paths right at the right moment? That, you know, you know it's, like, it's like down at the mall when you were trying to get into the parking space and, and that other car pulled in right in front of you and you had the opportunity to say, I'm glad you got that one, instead of whatever it was you did. <laughs> well, you had the opportunity on the, on the job to look at somebody who stabbed you in the back and look at him and say, you going to be good with that? I hope it works out. It's okay. I hope it works out for you. Instead of, I'll get you back. So many of us are trying to get even. God doesn't want you to get even. He wants you to win. Hello? Making the most of the time. You've got to be prepared. Make the most of the time. Buying up every opportunity. Make the most of the time. Buying up Every opportunity. Do you realize that opportunity is going to cost you something? How do I know if an opportunity is from God? It'll cost you. I don't want to buy them. I want them given to me. Those are not God opportunities. How do I tell if an opportunity is from God or not? Opportunity from God always costs you. Well, that doesn't seem right. Sure it does. Because he pays the bills. Remember the scripture that says... Uh, Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I look at it this way. Your, your spirit places orders that your soul has to pay for. Your soul, the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices. Quite often, uh, you know, we, we hear this scripture quoted, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. The problem is, is that many of us go through life, our soul is in a great state of poverty. We, we have not educated our soul in the word of God. We don't have a word to stand on. We don't, we don't understand God's will. We, we, don't, we haven't talked to him about the future. We haven't, we, we haven't developed a, uh, a, 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 a soulish prosperity that can handle what our spirit is trying to demand in our life. Our spirit's all about moving forward with God. Our soul's back here. We got we to gotta develop our soul so that our soul has the ability to pay for what the spirit's requesting. Hello, somebody? If all it takes to get you off destiny with God is an opportunity, you're an easy target. An opportunity. They offered me a higher paying job, which caused you to move, which separated you from where you were at. All of a sudden, the things that you've been believing God for show up where you are, where you were, and you've moved on because of an opportunity. All the enemy had to use to, to sabotage your future was opportunity. Man, we, we got to have enough wisdom to know what a God opportunity is. A God opportunity will cost you. But what you need to understand is that when you're done paying for the opportunity, the rewards far outweigh the cost. Make the most of time, buying up every opportunity for the days are evil. The days are evil. In our current society, what we think about is sin and darkness. What it means is the days are so busy, so pressed, so full of other things. If you're not careful, you're going to miss this God-given opportunity to make a difference. You have the right 
to make a difference in somebody else's life. You've been empowered by God to to make a a positive difference in in the lives of other people. If you'll walk in love, if you will do what's best for others, even at your own expense, God will uh, uh, allow you incredible opportunities that are impregnated with purpose, that that you'll suddenly see things that made no sense in in the past suddenly begin to make sense because you see God working in every one of these situations that you've struggled with previously. Things that you used to run from, suddenly you'll stop and you'll let them come to you so that you can see God work in that moment. Those little pieces of time that make a huge difference in eternity. That if we're not careful, we miss. And then we get into our future and we wonder, well, where's all the stuff that's supposed to be here? Well, we, haven't, we weren't prepared in the moment, so we ended up allowing the enemy to distract us, and we, in turn, messed up future. Three things the enemy wants from you. Your future, your family, and your faith. Your future is not years from now. Your future is moments from now. So you need to have a commitment to walk carefully into the next moment. What's a moment? It's a segment of time which could be impregnated with purpose. The days the days are filled with all kinds of other things. So if you're not careful, you're going to miss this opportunity to make a difference. You don't want to go through life. And, fi- you know, and at the end of life, hear God say, you made it. Barely. No, you want to hear him say, way to go. Good job. You, you hit the mark. You made a difference. That's my kid. Come on, somebody. You hung out with me long enough that you started acting like me. Cool. I want to hear God say, well done, not so what. Hello, somebody. Make the most of your time. Make the most of your time. You don't have enough time to waste it. God's given you enough time to achieve destiny. God's given you enough time to successfully accomplish purpose. That's the time. He's given you this time. Make the most of your time. Your time, you have, you have a moment. The, the, uh, Ecclesiastes says that the race is not to the swift, the battle is not to the strong, neither are riches to men of understanding, but time and chance happeneth unto all men. Time and chance. Time, that moment of opportunity. Chance, that, that, that's, that is not a oops, that is a collision. You're going to have a collision with destiny on a day-to-day basis. We're, we're moving into a new year, and we're going we're gonna to move into it the way God would move into it. Okay? We're, we're going to begin to declare the end at the beginning. Okay? So, so we're going to prepare ourselves for the end that we declare. Right? So the end is going to be more victorious than it was at the beginning. The end is going to be more prosperous than it was at the beginning. The end is going to be more healthy than it was at the beginning. The end is, hello somebody. The, the end is going to be better than anything I've seen up to this moment. So now I've got to prepare myself for better. What are you prepared for? Are you prepared for failure? Or are you prepared for victory? What's going to define you, your last defeat or your current victory? What, what's going to shape you? How are you going to, how, you, you know, come on, clarify. Clarify. Look at, look at that next verse. Look, look at verse 17. Don't be vague. Clarify. Don't be afraid. You're imitating God now. When God walked up to darkness, he didn't go, <laughs> I don't know what to do. He said, let there be light, right? So 
Imitate God. Don't be vague. Don't say sort of like. Say light. Speak into your situation. There's chaos. I speak peace into my house. How can I say that? Well, Isaiah 32 says, my people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling place, a quiet resting place. That, well, that's what God said, so now I'm going to get into agreement with God's word. I'm going to say what God said so I can have what God said I can have. If I don't have what God said I can have, could it possibly be because I haven't said what God said about what I've got? So maybe it's time for me to change what I've been saying. So now I'm going to not be vague. I'm going to be very clear. Peace, my house. Peace at my house. Peace at my house. Health in my body. Health in my body. Health in my body. Strength in my spirit. Strength. Hello. So, hey, I'm going to grow. I'm going to climb. I'm going to accomplish great things. I'm taking people with me. Come on. Going to change some stuff. You know, this is the uh, express service. I have to wrap this up. Because uh, this is the service for people who love to sleep in but still have somewhere to go for lunch, right? So uh, uh, i I got I to wrap this up. In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to teach you how to, how to set some godly goals. And goals are, gonna, goals are things that will pull you into your future. They, they will pull you. If you ain't got goals, if you ain't got a plan, you ain't got a future. You're hoping that something good happens by mistake. I'm believing great things are going to happen on purpose. Oh, come on, huge difference, paradigm shift. Great things are going to happen on purpose because I'm going to imitate God. I'm going to look at a mess, and I'm going to change it with, with my belief and with my faith and with my confession, and I'm going to prophesy, and my, my family's going to be stronger. This church is going to be blessed. This city's going to be changed. This region's going to be influenced, and I'm going to use the power that God's put inside of me to make it happen. And then God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. I just want to close with this thought. Don't try to be good. Try to be right. There's a difference between good and right. I have a friend who spent 40 years on the mission field. 40 years. And the denomination he's in at the end of 40 years, they, had to, they were sent home. He could not stay. He wanted to stay. They would not allow him to stay. He had to go home. He went home. He went through a season of depression. He started talking to God about his future. What is he going to do? Finally got over being mad and started talking to God. And God spoke to him, and he ended up accepting the pastor of a small church out in a country setting. Of course, everybody thought that was kind of odd that he would go out there, but there he was out in the middle of the boonies, and a little town, a little, little over 2,000 people in, in the whole city. And uh, he began to to, to work in the church there and pastor the people and and and, uh, and families started being uh, restored and there's some real breakthrough in some homes and some real changes took place and pretty soon people that refused to ever even go, drive by the church were suddenly attending it and pretty soon they had to start planning their building project because even though they're in a city that only had 2,000 people they had like 3,000 people in attendance on Sunday so they hadn't built a bigger church and uh, it got to the point that the school district, when they, when they had their planning session for the calendar year, they would invite the pastor and his staff because the school recognized that if we plan an event at the school on the same night that something's going on at the church, no one will be at the school event. They're going to be at the church. So they were in, that's how much influence they had. One day he was talking to God about it. He was just excited and blessed. And, Father, thank you for the influence and thank you for, the, you know, the results that we're getting. But God got a question. How come I never had any results like this on the mission field? God said, because I never called you to the mission field. 40 years. Who, who could argue with him? Mission field looked good. It, it was good. It just wasn't right. 
See, if the enemy can't stop you in your tracks, he will attempt to get you off the tracks you're supposed to be on. As you prepare for this coming year, realize you can go to the Word of God and you can find what God wants you to have in your house any given year. You, you, you can locate through the Word of God what you're supposed to be planning for. Make sure you plan right. You know, it, it's not about just what you want. It's about what God wants for you. You can trust him with this one because he wants to bless you, not harm you. He wants to give you hope and future. He, he wants to increase you. He, he wants to strengthen you. He, he, he wants to flow through you. He wants to give you so much joy that the people around you begin to get joy on them because they got close to you. He wants to give you so much health and so much strength. He, you know, his plan is worth pursuit. I said it, it's worth your pursuit. So get ready. Get ready. I mean, I, I can't wait to tell you about some of the godly goals things and how, how to lay this thing out and how to prepare yourself for the best life you've ever even dreamed of. I mean, just blowing your socks off with the blessing of God every step you take. Voices all around you screaming, it can't be done. And you're looking at them going, I'm doing it. You know, I really believe that the people shouting it can't be done ought not to interrupt the people who are doing it. Amen. You're going to do some great things. You're going to make some great things happen. And you're going to have godly goals that explode. And your future is going to suck you into it. And you're going to be totally oblivious to any pain of the past that you just come out of. Listen to me. What God's taking you to is so much better than anything you've ever known. Oh, don't, don't drag your heels. No. Man, whatever it takes, whatever you have to do, learn to flow with God. Just, just get Get this. Hear me. You, this, this isn't easy, but you can do it. God wouldn't ask you to do it if he hadn't equipped you to succeed. That doesn't mean that it ain't going to take practice. It isn't going to take some effort. Shelby and I just came back Friday, took the boys to McCall, Idaho. We, Shelby and I started snowboarding. <laughs> I'm surprised we're here today. I should be on tour with the X Games, but... Um, <laughs> What? The, the first day on the mountain? Excuse me, but that was hell. I know what hell was going to be like. It's going to be people falling flat on their face in the snow. Yet they're sweating profusely because of the heat. I don't get it. Man, it, man, it was hard. The hard part was me bouncing off the mountain watching my children go. And something inside of me going. I'm going to pass them. I didn't realize that that meant head over heels down the mountain. I, I meant, okay, so I'm having to learn. Day two got way better. The next days are going to get better. See, there's some things you've got to learn. Anything good in life will require you to invest some effort. This is worth your effort. I'm telling you where God's taken us and where he's going to take you. You might fall down a few times. Fall forward. Oh, that hurts. Get back up. Get, get back up. You, you might hit so hard you think you have whiplash. That's how I am today. My neck's sore from snowboarding. Go figure. It's going to be days where you don't feel like getting out of bed. Get up anyways. It's going to be days where you don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. 
Well, get up and turn on the light. It's going to be days you, you, you want to quit. Yeah, but the goals are going to pull you into your future anyway. Hello? Come on, let's, let's go get what God's got for us. Let's be imitators of God. Let's experience the life that God's called you to. Amen? Will you do me a favor? Close your book. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. We're going to have the worship team come back. We're going to sing a couple songs as we get ready to go. But before we do that, I, I, I got a question.